Yes, everybody, it's that time of the week again, bitch. It's actually Christmas time. Isn't that great, then, boys and girls? Yeah, nobody fucking cares. This is another edition. This is the holiday edition of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your trash-talking host, Christy Miller. And with me this week, he's kind of a combination of both, old school, new school. But to me, he's more old school. You know, it's not because he's a hundred or anything, but it's because yeah, he's been in the, no, shut up. It's just that he's been in the game a long time and he's been doing stand up for like 12, 13 years now, but he's been an actor for like a hundred, <laughs> but he's really funny and I love him. And you may have seen him on Fox news, <laughs> but as a comedian, not as a piece of shit. So, but it was a really great segment and he's super funny and you're going to love him and give it up for Tom Eshelman. Oh, wow. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That's like, that the like, best introduction I've ever had. Right. You're like, who's coming? <laughs> I need to take you everywhere I go. I know. So, can I just record that? And just right. Well, you'll have it on recording after that. I'm going to give to every uh, uh, MC. This is how I need to be yeah. introduced promptly. Just, just hold this up to the mic. <laughs> uh, this is amazing. You, you, you're one of my favorite people to watch on stage, so this is really fun. Oh, really? Oh, that's so sweet. Thank I, you. I'm not even just saying that because you're just so out of bounds no, every time. I never know what you're going to do. No, no one does. I don't even know what I'm going to do half the time because okay. the audience takes me on a ride. I mean, everyone just gets up there and goes, oh, here's my set, my act, and I'm uh -huh. like trying to remember what I'm going to say. And you're just like, fuck it. And you're yep. just letting it fly. I just let it fly. I think as a comedian, like, that's the best. Like, you got to be, like, the comedian's comedian. Yeah. It's funny because, like, uh, Tammy Pescatelli and I were talking on the phone one night. And I go, this is a while back. And I go, it's really funny when I go on stage, all the comics come flying in the room. And she goes, oh, my God, you're the Brian Holtzman of New York. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I am. Yeah. My Holtzman, my my baby, my Brian. I love him. That's You that's, guys, if you don't know Brian Holtzman, you're really missing out. Because that is my, he's, that's my baby. I love him more than life. Will you give me some backstory? Because I don't know Brian Holtzman. This is horrible. Get out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm already kicked. And thanks for coming. All right. We'll be here. I'll be here all week. He ain't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brian Holtzman is a comedy store legend. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's where I grew up at the comedy store in the 90s and the early 2000s. So Brian Holtzman was Mitzi's baby. And like she would always put him on like during the week if there was like no big headlining comics. Brian Holtzman had the 10 o'clock spot. And like in the OR, the lights would be up, but they'd be on low, and the and the name lights were on, so you could still see. So it's like the early part of the show from eight to ten, and then when they would bring up Holtzman, the lights would go all the way off, and it was just the lights of all the old comic names on the wall, and it was pitch black, and then there was just Brian and the spotlight against that black curtain. Oh my god! For a half an hour of yelling at the audience, <laughs> where I'm like hyperventilating, like it's. It's, it was like, there was nights he'd get chairs thrown at him or he'd get a standing ovation. Oh my God. It was just, cause it's LA. Everybody's so uptight and they're afraid to laugh at shit. That's funny because they don't want to yeah. be the asshole. Yeah, they're yeah. all followers. They're not, you know, innovators. 
cell went Holtzman and go, you motherfucker, fuck you. You know, we are Romans. And yell him. He says he has a gay son and he plays baseball and he runs around, steals all the bases and fucks the weakest player in the ass. Ah, whoa. Like, Where's my button? Brian Holtzman, he has a special on YouTube now. And uh, it's just, it doesn't, to me, I, and I love him, but I, to me, because I think I've known him for 28 years. Yeah. That it does, to me, it doesn't do him justice, but to the regular person, it's like the wildest thing you ever saw. Yeah. But for me, it's like, like me, you have to experience me live. You are an experience. Yeah, <laughs> I am a definite experience. And like, um, like Stephen, uh, the, uh, the the guy that was the the queen that was on last week's show, uh, he goes, I listened to your album after I met you, and he goes, I'm walking around the city peeing my pants. He goes, it was the funniest shit. Is wild. <laughs> And I said, yeah, it's pretty. And I go, and even on the album, I did an hour and a half that night. But about 20, 25 minutes of it was all off the cuff because of the audience. I wish I had that ability to free up. Like, I need to know what the hell I'm doing up but, there. I just, I would be losing my mind. But, but I'm in, no, you don't want to be like me. Oh, because, like, yes. normal comics will do two, three, four shows to record a special. I was a one and done. I said, if I don't get it in one shot, then I ain't getting it. Because I can't do... Because every show is different, so to edit them together would sound really weird. And you've known me for a while. Yeah. You know, each show, like I remember opening for Dice, oh. and, and we were at Soul Joel's, and Joel's girlfriend sat in the front row both nights, right? And I opened Dice headline. She goes, I, I've never seen anything like you in my life. And I go, Yeah, yeah I'm kind of a, I'm a thing. And she <laughs> laughs. She goes, No. She goes, comics, I see them every night, and it's the same thing. They're, like, programmed. She goes, I saw two different shows. I go, yeah, the material was generally the same bits. Yeah. Because they were, like, my greatest hits at the moment, like the ones I like doing. Right. But I read the room, and I, I meet the room halfway. So whatever's happening, I'm going to match it and take it and, and run with it. And so I just kind of I have a set list in my head prepared but then when i get on stage all bets are off like so why am i even preparing you know and because there's always somebody in the audience and i love hecklers yeah i love audience participation so because then i could just destroy you and i use you as segues to bits but she goes i've never seen anything like it and i go you don't get out much do you <laughs> you should be doing an album every month I should be. I'm not even kidding. Aww. No, 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 but like. But see, I'm jealous of comics like you. <laughs> you sit there and I need a joke and I need to write it. Like I watch Tom and I'm like, he is so prepared. He's organized. <laughs> Everything is just done right. And I'm like, I'm the sloppiest piece of shit. It's entertainment and you're, I mean, hey, I'd rather see something all over the place. But then you have the, ma there's just more magic when it's. When in it's the magical. Moment. Yeah. yeah. It's, for me, it's fun because then it also, it's like each show was individual. So that audience, whatever was going on that night, it was made for them and it makes it more personable. I seriously feel like you could, you should just have a camera and then have an editor and just every month go, here's my greatest hits for the month. Just like right. Louis C.K. and like reestablished re it years ago where it's like, oh, you're going to do a special every year. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and like, because what he can. And like, even Chris Rock's like, no, every five years. He's like, no, every year. Every year. And now you're like, no, every month. Yeah. You should just recreate the, every month, bitch. Everything then it's like, give me every week. Yeah. You're going to be like, no, every show. <laughs> here's, here's my greatest hits for the week. Yeah. You just need to have a very, you're going to spend a lot of money with an editor and just have them just chop it up 
<laughs> but I'm not even kidding, like, because I would want to see what what was the greatest crap you did this month. Like, just the just insanity. Yeah, it is insane. And people always go, I want to see her because this is how I got my record deal. And Mark Riccadonna sent my Cuomo clip to his record company. Yeah. And the, the, the girl that owns it, her husband was listening to it and he goes, <laughs> this is what Mark tells me. He goes, fuck all the other projects. Yes. Let's get her now because I want to hear what she's got to say next. Exactly. And I'm like, Mark, that is the best compliment I've ever gotten. And that's just, you can only be that free, I think, because you've been doing it as long as you have. Mm-hmm. And you've been around the greats that you've been around. Yeah. Where you realize, oh, let's, you found your lane and your voice. Talk about finding your voice. I mean, that's the whole thing. Where we, everyone should be just taking your master class. <laughs> and shut the fuck up. <laughs> and are you funny? Are you just fucking funny? Yeah, are you, you funny? funny or not? I don't care. Be funny. Oh, God. You're like the person who, like, is everyone's best friend who's so I'm, I'm now I'm just stroking you, but like seriously, that stroke it, <laughs> stroke it, stroke it. Sorry. I just want to give you this. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, we all have that funny friend who can't ever do stand-up comedy because they're not—they're just funny in life. Right. They're, but you actually are funny in life. You were that person who brought it, brought the funny friend to the stage. Right. That's unhinged. Yes. <laughs> I mean, are you loaded when you're on straight? Do you? Have, I'm if, straight edge. Wait, you are totally. I don't clean. do anything. My drug of choice is the iron. No, I, I could never be, I couldn't even handle being fucked up on stage. In my 20s, I'd have a cocktail, and that would fuck me up so bad, and then it would just, you know, like, I can't do this. Right. It, it's, it, my brain's too foggy uh, after a drink, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't even like alcohol anyway. Right. So I'm like, no, I'm funner. I, I have more fun being so sober and alert. Right. Because my act is a lot of energy, you know, and I need all that energy. I can't be fucked up. Right, right. And so it's like, and plus I want to be alert to hear all the great stuff happening in the audience, all the heckles, all the bullshit. I want to be able to see everything because it's fun for me. Right, right. And when do, people chatter, I'm like, yes. Do people heckle you a lot? Like, I feel like they, because you know how I feel like comedy's changed so much because everybody just sees so many TikTok. They were, were talking to the audience, so they don't shut the fuck up anymore. They just no. come to the show expecting to be, to be part of the show. Yeah. I have people go, Last me, oh, night. I want to come to the, your show so you can give me shit. I'm like, yeah. no. I don't, I mean, I don't I'll, work do that it, way. I'll do it for a minute or two, but I'm not, I'm not, it's not my thing to like, I'm going to Matt Reif and just go for like a while. Yeah. And, and I'm not like Matt Reif either. Cause I actually have material. Um, <laughs> hold on. But, a bulls, but, a <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not a Matt Reif or I'm going to do crowd work. Like, you know, like, like to me, one of the masters of that is Jessica Curson. Yeah. She's, and she just, and I was, I was funny cause I was telling Gina Savage, yeah. That I want to do a, an album of all crowd work and see how it goes, just to try it. What are you talking about? And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Jessica Curson does full crowd work special, and I'm like, God damn it, great minds think alike. No one's gonna mind. No, just, just have another one. I mean, those are the best ones to watch. Right. She, you know, I want to, because I wanted to go up and do an album. What do you think? And just sit up there and just like walk the audience and just annihilate them like Donahue. Oh my Paul, God. are you there? You're like, you know, like the whole. What if you, the whole point was to see how long it would take for you to walk 
the whole oh, like yeah, Delhi, so the last person. You have a packed house, and the album goes until you've walked every. Like literally, <laughs> see how long someone will sit there and just take. Then you're gonna get down to one or two people and just start railing. The whole they don't know that the the whole thing is to see. It's a setup. How how quick that, it might take hours. Like will someone just sit there and take abuse? And just, oh my god, please do this. Please please but you you take the challenge. You're like I walked him in eight minutes. Yeah. Every single one. I'll walk them in five. Well, walk that audience. Remember, name that tune. It's called Walk That Audience. Oh, my God. That'd be a great game show. You should host it. I love because it. Because you're straight, because you're so, con- you're, you're so, so, you know, controlled. I'm so controlled. Here she is. You know, but you're so, like, your thing I'm jealous of you is that it's so structured perfectly. And you just have everything. You know exactly what's going to happen. And it's like, I'm so jealous because my brain doesn't work like that. And I would be so jealous of comics like you every day going, I need to be like, you know, like Teddy Smith. Yeah. Like, you know, and my old buddy, I remember this too back in the day, my old buddy Bob Oshak, who became a big writer like on Best Damn Sports Show and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. And I don't know what else he's on. I've lost track of him. I'm sure he's killing it. But he was one of those guys like you that had it all Right. written out and it was almost like he wrote this novel yep. and he was reciting this novel of a story through the whole thing and I'm just like I'm so jealous like I want my brain to slow down to do that right. because it's so hamster oh like a light you know it's like it's so all over the place that yeah. it's like it's I'm jealous of that I loved well when I started I did more what you sort of do where I was improvising on stage the whole time right and people would come want to come see it like we don't know what you're gonna do right and all this but I would just bomb so hard so hard I couldn't handle the bombs like I literally I was in like two years in and I thought I was getting somewhere and I people wouldn't know what I was doing I was doing kind of what your thing was where it's just let it just fly and it was interesting when it's really good right but like you are so good at it now but like when you're new trying to do that I couldn't handle it I, I quit for like eight years I did two years and then bombed in front of three and 300 people so hard like not one laugh and I'm just like I can't I don't know what I'm so when I came back to it I'm like I need to like learn how to write jokes and get in and out of bits. So yeah. just for my own sanity, I just didn't have the men- the makeup, whatever the fortitude. I don't know words, Whatever. but like to, just to, to be able to handle the bombs when you handle that. So seriously, how do you handle? <laughs> but you don't. You have slight so stuff. You I have, really find it funny. You don't bomb though now. Like if I you do. It's not. It's bomb, a weird it's night. Not, it's not a. It's not a bomb bomb. Right. But it's like I can lose an audience, but yes. then I can get them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've taken it. I was one night. I did a, it just came out and I didn't mean to say it and I didn't mean it that way and it came out and I had them and I lost them. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like, fuck, why did I say that? That's yeah. not something I would say because it was, I, I, I meant the girl, she was pretty, she was from Philly, she was a cop. And I said, wow, it's a good thing you're a cop because you're hot, you would get raped. But I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like dudes would be hitting on you, but it came out wrong. You said rape. Lost the whole audience. (laughs) And I still had another 15 minutes left. Because I was headlining, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm digging out of that hole. And they weren't coming back. No. Like, they were like, they stiffened up on me, but they were, like, listening. Yeah, yeah. And this one girl, they were listening, and then at the end, people were hugging me, like, you're so funny. And I'm like... Why did I feel like I was trying to work a funeral home? Like I was in the morgue. Hey, you know this one about the guy with the toe tag? It was really, yeah. And I lost, and I knew right when I lost him. I said, all right, you got to get him back. And I got him back. I did share stuff and yeah, yeah. fun stuff, and I got him back. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, I was like, I felt really bad for saying that. And I think 
that's why I couldn't get them back because I felt so horrible that I said that because I didn't mean yeah, that. Yeah, of course not. And but... it came out wrong, and I'm like, God damn it! Now you can't back it up. Now you just got to commit and just keep moving. Once you do cop rape, I mean, yeah. that you're 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 in a hole. Depends what he looks like. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it's only rape if he's ugly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if he's hot, it's a date. <laughs> Because it's date rape. Then it's that Barry Manilow song. No. Daybreak. No, daybreak. This is date rape. Because <laughs> it's date rape. Oh, oh, sorry. Date rape was invented when I was in college. and they Hi. Right? <laughs> Thank God. And I just remember freshman year, they all came in to the, like, the dorms, like the women's groups going, so there's this thing now called date rape. You can rape your date. And all of us are like, you can do that? <laughs> like, we... So we were horrible. We're just idiot guys, but literally the only thing up to that point, this was in like what, 1990. Right. Like, or they were like, up to that point, rape was just somebody, something happened in an alley. Right. With like some guy, some yeah. crazy, like some, some horrible crazy thing. Guy. Yeah. But then they're trying to introduce date rape and everyone's perplexed and they had to go through it. Yeah. It was so bad. But like, it was obviously needed to happen. And of course you could. But then they came out with like, you can also rape your wife. Yeah. And, and everyone's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and like, it, it, I no. remember there'd be like six months where everybody's like, what is going on here? Yeah. And, but, but you can, God. and yes. I continue to prove that point. Yes. So, I mean, is this thing on? Never mind. <laughs> and it's dark. <laughs> so, date rape. Now, I can't tell too. So, there you go. Date rape. <laughs> date rape the musical. Right. Thank I you. think I'm done with my career. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was fucking great. <laughs> Oh God! So, so you did this segment on Fox News, and it was about comedy, or like, what was it about? Yeah, they I just, watched it, and then I forgot. Right, fifty-three. Yeah, same. So yeah, no, they just have, they've been bringing on comics just to just to kind of uh, plug uh, what they're doing and uh, talk about the news in a funny way, like at, on their Saturday night late night. Right. Okay. So, so it's not re- it's not anything opinionated about uh, politics necessarily. Oh, good. But uh, yeah, no, it's one of those just fluff piece, and uh, it's great. I guess Mike, I I think they just started leaning into bringing comedians on, and a lot of great comedians have done it. Uh, Zarna Garg did it. Mm-hmm. Krista Stefano. Nice. Um, and it's like, oh, these are all legit people. Like, right. of course I'll be involved in this. And yeah. This. But um, yeah, I mean, who knew? But who knew? Like some things with with the depending on where you are in the political spectrum, like the weird thing is everything shifts, and all of a sudden they're the big proponents of free speech. All of a sudden, and like, so and, and like, they really aren't the ones that get on soapboxes aren't because it's funny because it's like you think that they wouldn't care, and when I play red states, and this is not political because I don't give a shit. I just want everybody to win. I just want us all at the dinner table. I don't care. I love everybody. I want us all to win, and and, and you know we're all in this together. So, but when I play red states, I get more problems than I do in blue states. Oh, yeah, I. I get censored. Oh, because you're... Oh, yeah, you can't do this joke. You can't say this. You can't say that. And I'm like, huh? Would really? you own like yourself. That's when yeah. you're on hinge and you're working from the cuff. Like, I find if I go to red states that it's... They, they're just bigger laughers just because they don't have as many antennas up for what's, like, inappropriate. But for you, someone like yourself, which is... Gonna... But it's also because I'm a woman. Oh. Remember that. It's not about political. It's about... It's 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 about being a woman, and when and you have a strong-minded woman like myself up there speaking her mind and not giving a fuck and having fun, it's really hard for some people to take. Yeah, 
yeah, that's good. That count, like, if I was a dude, they wouldn't care. But because I'm a woman, and I look the way I look, and I talk the way I talk, and I think the way I think, and I feel the way I feel, it's wrong. Yeah. And I'm not the conventional 53-year-old. You know, I never got married. I never had kids. I take care of myself. I do stand-up. I don't have a real job. Yeah, that's the uh, same as me, all that, except the take care of myself part. Yeah. But other than that. But... <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like it's an unconventional lifestyle. And for a woman yeah. that didn't really give a shit, I mean, I'm seeing somebody now, but who knows what that's gonna happen. And I, whatever. Yeah. You know, I we could get married or we could not, you know, who knows? It's just, you know, I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. But at the same time, it's like, it wasn't the thing I was focusing on. So as a woman, that's what you're taught to focus on. Of course. And no man's gonna put up with that. I mean, I, it's easy to forget because I'm around so many comedian women, and right. and you guys are all just like super confident and super edgy, or just like pushing the envelope and like all these great characteristics. Yeah. Uh, so, so you forget. I'm like, yeah. Okay, you take the average yeah. person in the middle. We're in a bubble. Country. Comics are in a bubble. Of course, of course. Exactly. So yeah, you know, that's a total. Do you? Uh, I had something and now I forgot what it was about. <laughs> you're a woman. You're uh, very good. You're very good. Thank you. Oh, no, I'm trying to think where I was going with that. <laughs> but, oh, but I know you were, I mean, things have to have changed massively for women in That's the comedy a game since when you started. Because, I mean, I mean, it was, a, yeah. I mean, now I have just as many female friends who do comedy on great levels. Right. But it was a boys club on top of what, like there's when like I started, three women you could think of. Yeah. Like, like when I started, there was, you know, like, like, like back in the eighties, I started in 95 and at the comedy store where I grew up, I was born and raised. On the wall where the stairs to the belly room yeah. is, to the back hallway, yeah, it, yeah. was a whole thing that Mitzi had painted and written about females in comedy, why the belly room was created, oh, right. was for women, That's right. because eight out of 10 comics were men. So there was only two women per 10 comics in back then in the 80s. That's surprising. I would have thought it'd be nine out of 10 or like right. one out of 20. In the 70s, probably it was more that, okay. but the 80s, yeah. the 80s got more. It was like eight out of 10. And if you look at the lineups, it was. And yeah. there was nights there was never a woman on the lineup. And, and what would they want to be on? Like they, Right. And then, and like, you know, like back in the late 70s, you know, Elaine Boozler was the woman. She, like, she's like, I, she's like someone I really look up to because back then she kind of ran the comedy store. They were all, Kinnison, all of them were afraid of her because she talked shit. She didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. That's queen. And, but you know, like in the 90s is when it really, like when I started, it was really opening up doors for more women to be included. And yeah. Mitzi Shore was a huge proponent for females. Right. She really nurtured us. Like when she liked you, she would give you everything. Yeah. You know, I wasn't the conventional, like main room comic, the, the funny, clean. I was the late night OR comic. And I told her, I said, I want to get better. I want to get stronger, put me on the death spot. And the death spot was after Joe Rogan, after Carlos Mencia, after Eddie Griffin, if he would ever get off stage. I think he's still on stage now, 1997. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, after Dice, after Dom Irera, I want to follow these guys because that's the death spot because they're basically the headliner for the night, even yeah. though it's an eight to two show. So they would go on at 10 and they'd get a half hour instead of 15, but they always did an hour. 
hour and 20. You know, they always blew the light because their name was on the marquee and they were, and stage time was rough back then because it was a dark time. Yeah. So when they had their names up, you know, it was their people, you know, and then when they would finish, half the room would get up and leave. I remember, yeah. So I would go on after Rogan and those people were like, you know, they just got, you know, he just fucked a stool for 20 minutes as a lion. <laughs> and all the women were moist and all the dudes were dying laughing and then they get up to leave and then I got to go on. You know, it's like, you know, but I, but with my energy, I just, I took advantage. Yeah. And I'm like, Rogan had such killer energy. He's such a performer that, you know, it just be boom, like this big tsunami coming yes. at you. So I just grabbed my surfboard and rode the wave and just kind of coasted the audience back until late night. Yeah. And it was fun. And one of the old managers, he goes, dude, you're the perfect person to follow Rogan. Nobody, everybody dies because they can't match his energy. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but it's I asked Mitzi for that. Like I want to get better, so put me in the death spots. I'll do it because I I want to be able to handle situations. Yeah. And thank God because it really helped me grow. Who were the women in like coming up with you in the '90s there? Because I'm trying to think. Is this like Roseanne and Elf Roseanne was in the, the 80s. 80s? Yeah. And I'm trying to think. In the '90s, it was uh, Brett Butler, uh, Tammy Pescatelli was coming. She started at the same time I did. Um, 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 oh God. Putting you on the spot. No, I'm just I know. To, I was just trying to remember. I know, because my brain, I say, I, I seriously, like, you know, because all the forget girls... names of friends sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know for years. I know. I'll be looking at you. But, uh, but Christy, but that's... you know, but the think about it though, I was one of the only women in the mid late 90s besides Tammy. It was Tammy, me, and, uh, you know, Brett Butler was already, you know, making it. She already had yes. the show by then, but she was from like, like the, she hit in the early 90s. But really, there really wasn't any. Right, right. You know, they never really did anything. And now it's like, you know, but like out here, I wasn't out here. So like you had the Jessica Kersons out here coming up yep. that started out, you know, that whole crew. And so it's like, I didn't really have any girlfriends in comedy all my friends were dudes like it was me sam tripoli um uh stevie d oh, i'm trying to all the dudes i roll eric marino uh then like sebastian came in but he wasn't him and i didn't really get along no because he's too clean and i hate clean comedy <laughs> and he's an asshole you know he, he hate he hated me i scared him he hated me oh it's great <laughs> You know, like in real life, or it's like no, in real life, stamp. No, 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 in real life, in real life, he hated me. <laughs> oh, even I tortured him. Oh, really? He was so, he was such a germaphobe, and he, 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 like, he was so Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, he was so like quirky, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this guy? You know what? Yeah. I'm just so like laid back, like, come on, get over yourself. He hated me. Oh my god, he hated me. That's so funny, especially in that environment to be that type of guy. Yeah, the clean guy, the germaphobe, yeah. controlling everything. You yeah, hop into the comedy store, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, this is a biker bar. Yeah, because that's what this it's is like. A, I this remember it was Animal House. Out of yeah. all the frat houses, this was animal. It was insane. We the longest yard. Like, I hang out with Joey Diaz all the time. You know, and Uncle Joey's crazy. And, you know, Brian Holtzman and, uh, like, and Rogan, you know. Like, these are all the guys I came up with. And so, yeah. and Bobby Lee and, you know, like, we're Steve Renazizi and, like, all these idiots that I that are my family. Yeah. Long time. Like, these are my long lifeline brothers, you know. But I, I, if you think about it, I never really hung out with girls that much because there weren't any. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it was just like, yeah, now there's like so many, but still, I still see lineups. Yeah. I mean, mm, really? The more, it's. Besides, women you meet that yeah. should be on, 
Oh, I see what you mean. Because I, I hate theme shows. <laughs> Obviously, look at me. <laughs> my own theme show. Like, like you know, all-female shows, right. all-black shows, all-Latino shows, all-white shows. I can't stand, like, a like a homogenous show. Are like we that. doing the funny show? Yeah. Are you funny? The funny show. I could care less if you if you identify as a fucking sandbox and your pronoun is, you know, glass. I don't care. Are you funny? If you're hilarious, then get on stage and, and go entertain the room. I don't care, but it's like I still see lineups, you know, is it it's inclusive. The more inclusive they are, the more exclusive they are. Like, Interesting. Yeah, and like they're wor so worried about checking boxes, they don't check the funny box. Uh, right, that and, is And weird. they just, and now, and, and I don't know if you're noticing this, you're probably not, because you're, you know, a much more poised, better, con you know, uh, what's the, what's the word? Um, disciplined comic <laughs> than I am. You're, you're more liked than I am out here, so. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's just ageism is really oh, well, there's still prevalent. And it's so funny that comedy was the one place that we all felt safe of getting older. Of all the things in the, in the yeah. entertainment industry, it probably is. I mean, yeah. I've been told by clubs I'm too old. Right. You haven't made it yet. You're never going to make it. So, yeah, we're not going to waste time giving you spots when there's an up and coming kid who might make it. I've, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, well, you're like, doing ew. a special every month now. I know. Hold on. I don't need to. And blowing out a YouTube channel with the, you know, the, I mean, whatever. You can work around it. That's yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. But it's just it's just so funny to me that people, everything's supposed to be so inclusive and so woke that, you know, they're so asleep. I'm trying to be profound, people. I'm really trying. This is not working. I'm going to go back to being a piece of shit. We got Everything took a turn. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a different energy than I last week's show. Way last, way different. <laughs> way different. It's like, okay, I really got it going with my gaze. Right. And then we brought it all the way down. All, we all the way down, get, get it real. Right. So um, so here's a fun question I always like to ask. What is there any, like, I love telling hell gig stories. We all do. Oh, my God. Tell me a hell gig story that's just so crazy and funny. This is, I don't, I don't know if it's funny, but it was painful. <laughs> okay, babe, I showed up for a show, and as a comedian, you always know, like, an outdoor gig is already. Uh, it's already sucked. I'm already, like, an outdoor gig. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's, like, it was strangely, like, during the day. Of course it was. So, like, I'm thinking it's going to be in. Uh, keep, keep talking. I'll, I got you. I'm mother. Keep going. Just oh, keep talking. I'm thinking it's going to be in a club indoors somewhere. Sure. And of course, no, it's outside the club. Like it was like one of these comedy festivals, so you don't know what you're getting. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to be like, oh, I got excited. You send something in. They go, we accept you. We think you're hilarious. So pay 50 bucks and we'll tell you you're great. Yeah. And come to our show. Your show is on Sunday at 2 p.m. I'm like, following a juggling poodle <laughs> it wasn't far off so i show up and it's like it's outside not inside am right I, am i am no, just shut up keep talking just ignore me they pay no attention to the man behind the curtain you're touching me um that was my bitch did uh, <laughs> but i show up it's not even in a club it's outside oh my and so and then it's not only outside it's only like 15 people but it's <laughs> but it's moms with children. Oh no! Like five, six, seven-year-olds. Why wasn't I booked for this? I don't know. And I just talked at that point. I was just talking about dating and oh. all weird, sh like oh, bad my things God. in the bedroom. 
And I'm like, I don't have any other material, so we're just gonna do it. And it's not just outside with, with moms and children. There's outside, there's like these tents where they're having a little festival and it's like a dog, like best, like a pet festival. I know dogs. there was dogs involved. There was. So there's like people like could hear this, the comedy, but they were just 10 feet away. They're doing all these tents where you buy dog food for your dog. Like it was like an open flea market for your dog. So now there's dogs barking during the set little kids talking to their mom and i'm not even making this up so like those are like all the things daytime children dogs barking in the set and then i'm not even making this up it's right next to a train station and like literally the train tracks are like i can see they're like 25 feet away like it's as close to a train station as you can the soul joels <laughs> this is something in Brooklyn, Hoboken. Like, oh my God. And then during my set, a train comes by. I'm not even kidding. I have dogs and I'm I'm dying because I'm talking about Magnum condoms and there's children. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't have any other material. Yet. Like, can you fit in a mag? Hey, kid, if you can fill a Magnum, call me after the show. Oh my God. I'll babysit you. I, I walk out and it's like the train's going through in the middle of that uh, the thing. and like then the dog the, the train's going crazy and the kids are looking mommy and like, I'm like so seriously who's been on a blind who's on tinder who's on tinder so bad oh that's great I, I walked off I just one of those times where you just want like I tell people when they're coming up in comedy I, I don't know how many times a year where I walk off a stage thankfully it doesn't happen as nearly as often but, but there were so many times where i just walked where you don't want to make eye contact with anybody <laughs> i just want to leave and the the feeling in your gut of embarrassment and shame is what well, most people structure their whole lives not to feel that right like my aunt in ohio her whole life is not to feel that pit of shit, and she, it's perfectly set up that's how you should structure your life but ours were just going out there and going oh God, why did I do that to myself? Why am I doing this? Yeah. But if you fight through it, nah, you know. But it makes you a better comic in the long run because when you deal with hell gigs, getting heckled by trains and dogs and five-year-olds and, and, you know, and, and miserable mothers, it, you know, it's just, it, it makes you stronger. It's like battle wounds. It's like your purple heart. It is. It is that. You don't realize it at the time. After time, you realize, oh, you have to go through all that. You have to. It makes you better. Yeah. But, I mean, my God, this is... I mean, you know, you've, you've had those feelings, I'm sure, where you're just Ugh. like, why? Ugh. Why am I here? I do this all the time. I'm like, remind me again when I get asked to do this. I, I text people. <laughs> I text my boyfriend. I'll text Teddy. I'll text Gina. Remind me again why I did this, and please tell me next time when someone asks me to do this to say no. Just remind me. Just remind please, because I can't. Right. But, but I fall for it anyway. Do you get this? Like, I always know when it didn't. You always know when it didn't. You know when it didn't go well. But... My favorite is when people will just—they don't know what to say, and so like you don't want to make eye contact or talk. But they all—the only thing they say is just so. How do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm like, because if you do well, that people are just like, oh my god, Instagram, can I be your best friend? Can I follow you? Can I yeah. stalk you? And then, but when it doesn't go well, they're just like, how do, how do you feel about it? Like like I'm <laughs> felt like a felt like a in my head like what are you talking about some of my best bombs were opening for Paul Mooney especially in the very beginning when I'm trying to figure out how to navigate his audiences right in the very beginning and there was one night you know uh, it was just dreadful right and I was just like god I sucked and it was just bad and I felt bad for the audience and they hated me and I love when urban audiences just tell you straight up you suck it's greatest feeling in the world 
because you know where you stand. You know, you don't have, there's no bullshit. There's yeah. no awkwardness. Yeah. There's no like uncomfortable tension when you see the person. It's just, you know, straight up. So Mooney sits out in, in the lounge at Caroline's, mm. you know, signing his, his DVDs. Back then we had DVDs and he would sign his DVDs and take pictures with fans. And I would, he would make me sit there with him. And my favorite one was, oh, Paul, oh my God, you're the greatest. I love you so much. Oh, and you too. Oh God, so, so belittling. And I, oh, you were so funny. So like Robin Montague, she was a host. Oh my God, you were so funny. I love you so much. Oh, and, and, and you too. So humbling. And I'm like, it's just like, it was the great, it's so like degrading, but it was so, for me, I love that shit because it's just, it's just layers of, layers of like protection or layers of veil that you're peeling through and seeing the real shit and feeling the real that's why i don't like to be that's why i love being straight edge yeah because i get to feel everything raw and organically not you know watered down not smashed down or oppressed or anything it's just like oh this is it and this and to me that's the worst it's gonna be then it's all fine from there i don't have to like delay it yeah, it's all perspective. I mean, yeah. you learn that. But. Yeah, and I don't really trip on what people, because I have a motto in life, you know, and uh, there's four things to, like if someone hates me or if they heckle me or if they hate my, they think I suck or whatever. I just say, well, does it put food on the table? Does it pay my rent? Does it put clothes on my back? Or does it eat my pussy? If it does none of those things, that has no power over me. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> you totally need to be a motivational speaker. I know, oh, right? <laughs> Could you please just start giving yourself <laughs> motivational straight talk with Christy? Yeah. And it's like, so does, uh, you know, the, the, the food, table, money, thing, eat my pussy. Yeah. Like, I like... And it's just like, but if you put it in like that, if you look at it like that, like, yeah, it puts everything in perspective to not give a shit about the small things. I want to go into somebody's home where that's like on a placard. Where like like, like on a pillow, just like, like sew it into a I'm, pillow. I got you this, but the Christie. But what like not eat, pray, love. Yeah. <laughs> does it feed you? Does it you know? Does it put clothes on your back, pay your rent, or eat your pussy? Don't worry about it. Have you thought about doing? That? I feel like you are spitting little wisdoms throughout this podcast. Like someone needs to put up like your, yes. your <laughs> like your little motivational. I should mentality. be like Chris Farley when he was the motivational speaker down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, you absolutely could. That, that was, um, no, you, I mean, you've lived it, so you have. You, I have. You I've, have the war wounds. Yeah. I, have you ever thought about being? But you kind of a little bit are, I feel like. Well, I had this idea for a TV show. What do you think? Okay. It's kind of like a Doctor Phil, but not so much like not being like diplomatic or anything, but just like no, f but for comics. Even more straight. And just tell, dude, you suck. <laughs> Quit comedy. Or, dude, you're, you're good. You just need to get out of your own fucking way because your head's up your ass. You love the smell of your own farts. You need to stop. God, you're whatever. so funny. Just but, roasting them. Yeah, just a Dr. Philbin on HBO. Yeah. Where it's, like, unhinged or... Yeah, just unhinged, but Netflix. it's... Yeah, just like, you know, it's, it's real shit. Like, dude, I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm not a Dr. Phil where I'm trying to fix your life. I'm just telling you what a piece of shit you are. That's up to you what you want to do. Yes, I would watch that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you had just, like, middle America or just any, like, just in a studio audience yeah. and, like, you're bringing up whose kid is it or whatever the thing is. Yeah, like Scared Straight. Remember Scared Straight when we were kids? What was that? That's it was about the movie about going to prison and, oh. like, if you fuck around, deal drugs, or commit crimes, you end up in prison because you think you're so cool to do that as a teenager, and they take them to the prisons and show them what oh, life right. is like behind bars. Right. That shit was brilliant. 
I mean, that is the way to do it. But I love it straight talk with, you know, Christy. Yep. Well, I, I feel like that's, is this, wait, can you pitch this? This sounds like it could easily happen. I haven't pitched it yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. So be the producer on the show. All right, I got Not it. I got some money. Oh, oh, son of a bitch. We ran out of light. All right, hold on. We'll be right back. And we're back again because I ran out of light. Isn't that sad on Christmas? We ran out of light. <laughs> the baby Jesus burnt it out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whenever I, I want to say something really fucked up, I go into share. Oh, as you should. Uh, sweetie. Uh, <laughs> the baby Jesus is illegitimate. Write that in your Bible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's disturbing because you have all the mannerisms, but yeah. you also can look. You look so much, so lighter. much like her. Yeah, it's that's so my new opening joke now. It's like because I come out and I make them play believe, and I'll sing to it because I sound like her. And I'm like, this dude's going. When did Cher start bench pressing? <laughs> and it's just so stupid. It's funny. So then I talk about her Christmas album that she has out. Buy it, by the way. It's amazing. Isn't she like 90? But she still How looks the same. How dare you? 77. But no, but and her boyfriend looks, is thirty-seven. Yes, but she looks like this. She's looked the same ever since I remember on TV. Like yeah. she looks thirty-two. Yeah, she's because she's Cher. She is Cher. She is a, a unicorn. She is the queen. She's my mother. I wish she was my mama. That's why I call her mama. Oh, she's God. mama. You know, she's seventy. Sweetie, <laughs> when am I gonna feel old? She did an interview. And they're asking how she likes age. And she's like, you know, when am I going to feel old? I'm like, well, honey, if you stop putting Lamborghini parts in a 63 Dodge Dart over there, then you'd feel it, jeez. Little Archie Bunker for the kids. They're not going to know who that is. (laughs) No, they won't. But I know, and that's all that matters. And you know, that's all that matters. Norman Lear. Uh, Norman Lear, God rest his soul. And lived to be 101. Hey, he's the same age as the freeway. Nothing? Come on, she's (laughs) all Anyway. Was it 101? He was 101. Man. But, um, all right. So I love to wrap up the show with two stupid questions. Yeah. People always ask, like, really deep questions. I like to ask dumb shit. Yeah. And stuff that nobody really cares about. Because I think it's funny. And I love this because it gives me, it's just a fun perspective. And uh, because we always talk about ourselves. So question one is, is there a bit a comic has done that made you go, God damn it, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that. You know, I, this is weird because it's like a five-year-old bit, but it's, so? it just came like into my whatever. Right. I heard it this year, and it and it's a little bit political, and I don't talk politics or right, how. Right, me but, either. But it was such, I, I don't do a lot of metaphors or comparisons like a lot of comedians do. Right. And John Mulaney had one during the, am I doing? No, just a little closer. Oh, this here? Yeah. Yeah, don't when I do when I do from now on when I do cues, just follow it. Just keep keep talking. I'm not here to interrupt you. Direction. Yeah. I'm not good at it. I know. That's why I'm single. <laughs> he put the erection in direction. Nothing. <laughs> anyway, back to John Mulaney. Could you please have one of these on stage? I feel like you need a I need shot. one. Oh, I have one on my phone. Right, that's what I mean. I feel like it's but it might no. So Mulaney has this bit from uh, five years ago where he's describing the whole Trump situation right and he makes the analogy that it's like a horse loose in a hospital 
<laughs> and it's like no one knows what the horse is gonna do least of all the horse <laughs> and you think it's you know but you don't know your parents don't know you don't know and it's it's the horse it's a loose in the hospital and he has something about this then this hippopotamus comes in and goes i'm gonna blow up the hospital <laughs> i'm a crazy dictator it's like supposedly kim Jong un or, right. or whatever one of one of those idiots and he does some act out about oh it's like oh you stay away from the horse He's from the hospital. I'm a crazy horse. <laughs> and the hippopotamus is like, well, I'm a crazy hippopotamus. I'm going to blow everything up. <laughs> and he, and the, oh my God, he just goes, he goes off on it, but like he stays for five minutes in just one metaphor. Oh, no God. Thing. Oh, that's great. And everyone's like, even if you're a Trump supporter, we all know that time where it's like, yeah, we don't know you don't what know. he's going to do. And that was the allure. Yeah. I mean, partly. I get it, because like all of us hate politics, like all normal people, I think, yeah. for the most part. So having him being unhinged was kind of the allure. So I mean, he is a horse. If he gets back in, he's, he's going to be he's gonna yeah. be even more of a horse. What? I, I don't know. A dinosaur. He'll be a buffalo. A bu there you go. I mean, God, that bit was crazy. So I've, I've watched that. I've sent that to a few people. And even my Trump friends were like, oh, yeah, that's... That's yeah. so classic, but Mulaney just nailed it. Yeah, no, that's great. That's hilarious. Yeah, I wish I could write more like metaphor type jokes, but but it's not your voice, so don't worry. Yeah, about right. It. No, just stay with what what you do is funny. No, and you're great, and I love watching you, and you're very smart, and you're very good at what you do. So don't worry about other people. Just keep doing Tom. Okay, because I was gonna start doing Baby Miller. Oh. <laughs> Then you'll be banned for life. What's going on? Boom, boom, boom. Hey, look at this fucking guy over here. Hey, oh, oh, hey. That's only vowels I know. Anyway, so my last joke is, my last joke, my last question is, I don't have any jokes, um, is uh, what is your go-to street joke or dad joke or whatever? Because we love a street joke. People always ask like comedians for street jokes. Yeah, oh, because it's hilarious. And the problem is, I love a good street joke. And have, have you noticed this? I can't. I can re remember all the stuff I'm going to talk about on a stage. Right. I hear a good street joke. I'm like, I got to remember that right. one. Someone's going to ask me on a podcast. Well, Mooney used to close his shows with street jokes, but he would Mooneyize them. Oh. And he would destroy because he'd put the Mooney twist to them. What did he, he do? What did he, he? What was the Mooney twist? Like you know, making it racial. Oh, you know, oh God. you know, and and doing it and his set it up, but then he would throw a Mooney twang in there or something racial, or and it was just so funny. Like uh, there was a, a man walking on the beach and uh, he found a genie lamp and he rubs it and a genie pops out. And he goes. Because so a black man's walking on the beach, finds a genie lamp, rubs it, and the genie pops out, and he goes, uh, "I will grant you two wishes." He goes, "What about?" I thought I was getting three wishes. He goes, "No, because you're a an, an N word. You only get two. You know, oh, like oh, it was just Jesus. so crazy, and Jesus. the crowd would go nuts because it's just so real. Like, no, no, brother, you only get two because it's the white man's world. Just it was brilliant how he would do this shit, and and. He would always do like, you know, uh, a crazy black man escapes from the Saint Asylum and hides in a convent. And there's Mother Teresa, Sister Elizabeth, and Sister uh, Mary walking on the grounds <laughs> at night. And the crazy black man's butt naked and he jumps out of the bushes and he's like, what? And it's the biggest, blackest dick you ever saw. So Sister Mary grabs a knife and goes, Mother Teresa, where do you want me to start cutting? And Mother Teresa goes, here and here. Oh, God. 
These are Mooney jokes, you know. These are Mooney jokes, Mooney eyes, you know. Oh, it was just like he was the king. He was one. He was one of the best. Oh, he's. I'm honored to have called him dad. You right. Know, he, like he was just the greatest man. Anyway, man. so so my so one that somebody told me recently, or I heard, and I, I actually remember this one. It's just silliness, but it's, it. some guy goes into a, the doctor, and he's like, "Doctor, doctor, I have five penises," and the doctor's like, "Well, how how are your pants fitting?" And he goes. Like a glove. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. I just, I, just, I can only remember three lines. If you give me any more of a street show, it's done. I could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So. Oh, it's so funny. I won't be doing that on stage, though. That's his closer. Anyway, <laughs> and, uh, I love you so much, Tom, and I'm so glad you were here for the Christmas show, people. This is our. Our last show of the year, we will be back. There may be a secret little surprise New Year's Eve show, but who knows? Stay tuned for that. But otherwise, we'll be back the first week of January. The first Monday, whatever that is. I don't know. January 7th? Something like that. I don't know. But we'll be back with all new episodes then. So I'm so glad you were here to close out the year with me. I'm so glad we had this time together. Thank you. I can't sing. That's Carol Burnett. Oh, thank you. Oh, Sorry. well, in that case. Yeah, grab your earphone. Is it this one? Yeah, wiggle your earphone, your left ear. Is it the left? Yeah, it's the left ear. But so uh, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Anyway, <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you on the socials, darling. Uh, TomEshelman.com uh, and Tom Eshelman all over the social media. E-S-C-H-E-L-M-A-N. Fantastic. That's it. And you can you know, always follow me at Christy Miller Comedy. You can follow this show on Instagram as well at Old School New School Comedy, spelt with a K, because I'm so controversial. And uh, if you love me, please follow the show. If you hated me, I've been Kathy Griffin. And uh, don't forget, please like, subscribe, and share the show. We love you. Yeah, it's that time, it's that time.